It's time for some inside animation. With your host, Adam Sartain. Today's guest, Medhat Hambali. And now, here's your host, Adam Sartain. And here we are, ready for another episode of Inside Animation, where we get inside information about the animation industry. I'm here with uh, Medhat Hambali. Did I say that right? Perfect. Hey, look at that. Who is a composer in Canada. So we're going to look at the Canadian animation industry today. On a very, very popular, you've composed for a very, very popular stop-motion animation show called Movement Deluxe, or uh, Deluxe Movement, or uh, Mouvement Deluxe in French, as it were. Mouvement Deluxe, yes. Mouvement Deluxe, which, of course, if you don't know, in Canada, everything is in French and English. Although this particular series is in French. Is that right? Absolutely. But is there an English version as well? Um, not yet. Working on it. So we'll okay. see how it goes. <laughs> So there are, yeah, so there's going to be dubbed, is it going to be dubbed in English? I don't have the information about that. Uh, oh. I got to ask my producers. But You're just I'd a say, composer, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but for sure, what's, one thing that's for sure is that comedy is not always easy to translate. What works in French doesn't necessarily work in English or vice versa. Correct. Yeah. So I, my guess is some of the jokes have to be either rewritten or adapted, especially when you have references. The, the, the second you name someone, what works for a French audience doesn't necessarily work for a Dutch audience, which doesn't work for an English audience. So you got to be very careful about those little things. So right. we'll see how the writers do it. Yeah, we'll see. Have great writers. Excellent. So now I've had a composer on before, but she was a composer for mostly short films and on the film side. Now I know you also compose for films, but today I want to talk about composing for a series, which I haven't been able to talk about yet, and I'm very excited about this. So when you're composing for a series, how early in the process are you brought in? Like, are you one of the first people to see the script, or have they already animated and done the voice acting and all that before they bring you in last? Because I know usually the composer comes in last. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the on the type of content that you're going to be producing. Like okay. for season uh, three for, of uh, Mouvement de Luxe, I had to write a small piece of music back in September. I usually work on the show around April, and because I had to animate to the music, so those parts have to be written prior to that because it's synced to the music and the beat. Okay. Yeah. So there's a uh, when there's a particular song or something then you, they want that first so they can animate to it. Yeah, well, they have to do, we do the, 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 the song and then we get in the voice actors, they record their voices and then we animate 
to the voices. Like my show uses a software called Dragon Frame, and that's okay. the one that they use to do the stop motion. And they have to basically have the audio each time you go forward in a frame, you hear what's uh, snippets of the audio, and you're able to sync the action to what's happening pretty much. Right. That's yeah. That's very important. That's interesting because you know normally with a film, it's going to be locked picture, and then you you sync the music to the animation. So that's really cool how they have to sync the animation to your music. Uh, yeah, that's in the case of songs or right or for songs. Or, yeah, yeah, but 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 the actual but, scoring is exactly like a film. You, so like you background have... music, it's all once there's a locked picture. Yeah, anything that's underscore, anything that goes dramatically underneath the action. Our show, we have two types of episodes. We have episodes with really short sketches, a few seconds here, cuts to something completely random. We do the random sketch, cut to the next random one. And we have the other parts that are more narrative over many episodes, and those are scored like movies, really, with right. orchestra and everything. So it's a, it's a completely different process. Wow. So each sketch, it has completely different underscoring, or is yeah, it a and similar... Not, not all of it. You know, animation music depends on many factors. First of all is the age group that you're targeting. Right. Uh, are you doing TV? Or are you doing uh, animation for film, for example? That's, that's not the same type of tackling. TV usually is more descriptive so the music is more descriptive is more present when you're right. doing uh, film people are kind of sitting in a, in a in a cinema and they're watching and they're not really moving so you can be a bit more subtle in your uh, right. strokes pretty much so now this i would think would be a little difficult because it's a it's a adult show a very adult show but it's <laughs> made to look like it's for kids <laughs> yeah exactly it's like children's animation it's uh children's animation for adults yeah <laughs> exactly it's 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 uh we have we have all sorts of fans uh for sure it's it's a fun show to work on it's one of my favorite projects of all times i i generally love the team i generally love working on this and it's one of those rare projects where you, i literally sometimes have to just pause because i'm laughing and then <laughs> get back to it and, and yeah. keep on going and yeah it's it's a it's a it's a fun show the sketches aren't always uh, don't always have music. Some of them have, some of them don't. It depends on the context. It's a bit like right. Family Guy, if you think about it. Family yeah. Guy doesn't have music all the way, except for some parts where they're heavily scored. Right. Uh, most of it has mo has no music. So it depends. Uh, the question is always, why do we have music, and what is it doing to the film? Right. If it's not doing anything, it shouldn't be there in my book, at least. Yeah. Very good. So my question is here how do you approach scoring a an episode on you know in general uh, just like it i would say a normal episode but none of the episodes are normal as you would say do you have a a repertoire from which you pull it's like oh this piece this piece would this chunk will work well here and this chunk will work well here or do you just make stuff up on the spot everything is custom Everything is custom. It's made to be fitting like the glove of the project. I don't recycle right. cues. If a cue is rejected, it just goes to the re recycle bin on my computer. Wow. I don't. I don't mind. I'll just write another one. What matters is having the right cue do what it's supposed to do and tell the right. story and fit what it's supposed to be doing, which is serving the storytelling. Yeah. So uh, we always start with a spotting session where we sit with the director and we watch 
the episodes, we do it over Zoom. We were doing Zoom before the pandemic anyway, so right. it was, uh, before it was cool. That and, works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we were, uh, we would watch it and pause and have discussions. Okay, here, I'd like this. Okay, how about we try this? Oh, that could be interesting. It's like, oh, uh, so, like sometimes my director would give me instructions and I would suggest some things like, oh, that's different. Oh, well, let's try it. Well, let's see if it works. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but hey, we yeah. give it a shot, you know? And uh, it's all about collaboration and communication. And that's why I love this form, not just animation, filmmaking right. in general. You get Great. to work on a team. Yeah. And it's like having everybody working for the goal of making this one art form that has all the art forms in it, if you think about it. So yeah. So I've noticed, and I have a very keen eye, I've noticed that there are a few skits or episodes that reference mainstream media so like movies and tv shows you know in the mainstream so for those for those portions do you i wouldn't say copy the music but like do you like honor the music of that particular film or or tv show uh totally that, totally that's being referenced absolutely it's it's a parody so it's right. it's very explicit that you're you're, you're, like we were doing a parody of American Beauty for for like four right. or five seconds, uh, and it was explicitly American Beauty. So what I did is I, did, I obviously I couldn't copy the melody, but what I did is I I, I used the same type of instrumentation. Yeah. So we can f have the feeling it's like oh they're referring to American Beauty without using the same melody, the same harmony. It's a completely different piece, but we kind of see the wink to Thomas Newman's work. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Okay. You didn't just copy the melody and then go up a third or go up a, a two no. keys. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, get I'll get sued if I do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So <laughs> this is great. how long will you spend on an episode on one episode of the show doing everything like composing doing the songs doing uh it depends i'd say uh tv is really fast so you gotta really right uh, usually an episode is about one two days maximum and that's it and then you move on we have wow. very short short episodes yeah. so you gotta be moving really 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 fast because we have uh, the way that this show works we have one big episode on Mondays and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we have like very short sketches, the oh. uh, like like thirty second clips every uh, that are additional to the big one. Again, as I said, there isn't music wall to wall in most of them. Right. Uh, so that's it's very doable. Where it becomes tricky is when you have the narrative episodes. Those are very heavy on the music. Like this, this year we went super medieval. Last year we we went <laughs> in a completely different direction. So in this case, you know, I had to. Uh, I, I was able to reuse themes that I wrote uh, on episode one and episode two, quote it or or or, or modify it, transform it. Uh, so that makes the composition process slightly faster. But everything is original. I don't recycle stuff. Um, right. It, it has to fit the story. You got to be yeah. also very wary about where the dialogue is. You, you can't be stepping on the dialogue. Right. You got to be avoiding those areas because we need to understand the story first and for all. 
Exactly. Yeah, you can't be overstepping. You can't be, what's the word, upstaging the dialogue, as it were. Absolutely. So who are you working with in terms of, so you work with the director, do you work with the producer at all? Does the producer have to sign off on, on different things? I have a really great team on the production side. So I write the music and then I send it to my director. I CC the producer and, and I CC the uh, production coordinator. Yeah. So they, they all see the, the, the music. They all see the progress. But I usually get the notes only from the director. So if they if they do have discussions that's happening behind the scenes, right. that's, just, that's just more convenient because you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't want to have situations where, at least I want to avoid have situations where I have a producer saying, oh, make it blue. And then the director said, no, don't listen to this person, make it red. And, right. and then you're like, I want to make both of you happy. What do I do? So, right. so uh, that, that makes sense that it should come from one person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I joke about say fight behind the scenes and then and then once you settle on something <laughs> come to me. <laughs> possible. Yeah. Uh, I just I just I just wanna give you the best score for your project. I, you know, right. my my job is serving your project and I wanna give you the best that I can give you. So that's my reasoning behind it. Absolutely. So I think we now have a great knowledge about composing for a series. That's wonderful. So let's move on to our next segment where I like to go back in time and talk about when you first started getting excited about composing and being a musician and when you, when you knew you wanted to be a composer. Was there a particular film or series that inspired you or, yeah, how, what did that look like? Where did you go to school? You know, yeah, let, let's absolutely. talk about that story. So I, I started piano lessons at age four. Uh, I started in classical piano really young. As um, you do. <laughs> as, as most people do. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you know I, I joke about it, but musicians and athletes, we're not that different. Yeah. We, we, we might be shaped differently. Like I'm shaped like a potato. That's a different thing. But we start really young and you, you work on what we call expert gesture, pretty much. That's what it is, isn't it? So you're working on, on learning theory. You're working on your ear training. You're working on your technique and so muscle memory. Yeah. Uh, you're training all your life for that. And so I started at H4 and I grew up watching all sorts of animation uh, when I was young. I was watching the Hanna-Barbera stuff, the uh, Disney uh, stuff like Darkwing Duck and Gargoyles. And yes! <laughs> and the Flintstones and, you know, Hey Arnold on Nickelodeon and all those shows. So I grew up loving animation. When I was 11, what is it? no, so when I was 10, Harry Potter came out. 2001, I was born in 91. So Harry Potter came out. Right. And I, I was blown away by the music. It's like, okay, this is really cool. I want to serve this story and I want to write music for films. So that was that was what I what I that's the moment that I knew that I love this type of music. When I used to be at school, I would go after school to the library and I would just go to the film music section with my CD player, because back then we had CDs, and I would <laughs> sit on the floor and listen to every CD you can find and start with the A's, listen to soundtracks, start go to the B's, go to the C's, until they would kick me out because they're closing. <laughs> and then I would borrow the next three CDs, go home, listen to them, next day come back, and I did that for, for a while. Wow. So I discovered a lot of great composers that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to discover. 
I mean, again, YouTube was barely started. We only had cats on it, I guess, right? So, so, yeah. uh, so it wasn't it wasn't as easy to access this content back in those days. Then I studied pop and jazz composition in college. Uh, I had the chance to study film uh, scoring with James Gelfand, who's one of the busiest composers in Montreal, working for Fox and many other networks. After that, I went and I did my uh, studies at Berkeley online uh, in film scoring and a master's in film scoring uh, again at Berkeley. And I've done a ridiculous amount of studies uh, and, and, and master class. Uh, most in, uh, one of them is on animation music with uh, Charles Fernandez. Uh, Charles Fernandez uh, is the composer of Casper. He's uh, the TV show. He's worked on 101 Dalmatian, Robot Chicken, Doug, and many other films. So that's, I learned the, the different techniques to sync to picture, as well as the older style of scoring, like the Looney Tunes. I can also write very, I'm very comfortable working in the Looney Tunes uh, style the, that was part, uh, pioneered by Carl Stelling in those years. So that's uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So we've talked about the past. Let's go to the future. What do you anticipate? What What would you, if everything went perfectly? Uh, now I know you've already had some success, you know, working for this this series, and I'm sure a few films as well. But uh, what would you want? What do you want to achieve coming up in the future? I just want to work on cool projects with cool people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Too complicated. Uh, Not too lofty. Just you know, cool yeah, projects. I just want to work on cool project with cool people and, and and tell stories that people want to watch. So that's uh, that's why we do it, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, the genre isn't really a an issue. I worked in comedy. I've done horror. I've done animation. I've done all sorts of things. So telling stories is telling stories. And right. then by the end, it's it's just working with with cool people uh, and 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 finding that team that feels like a second family pretty much awesome awesome so now we get to the part where i ask if you have any advice for someone who maybe wants to start thinking about being a composer or maybe they've already gone through film school for composing or you know what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a professional composer study uh music Study music, study music, and not just that, study music. <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn how to work with musicians. When you're working with live players, you got to be speaking the same language as them. You got to be efficient. This is an industry where it's really fast. Sometimes it feels like you have a gun on your head and you got to work. And you got to work fast and you got to deliver well on deadlines. And you can't really mess up. You don't want to mess up because you're messing up someone's project and you want to be that person that yeah. everybody hates because you messed up the project. So there's that, but I also say study film, learn about film, learn about filmmaking. One of my degrees that I never talk about, but I, I actually have a minor in animation. I studied uh -huh. it and I never worked in it, but I studied it for a year at, at the university level. But that so, way, you know, yeah. Yeah. So when someone talks about anticipation or talks about, you know, any of the 12 principles of animation, I, I understand what they're meaning. If we're working in a 3D environment, I understand what shaders are, uh, rigging, rendering, all those, all those lingo, because 
it's not the director's job to say, oh, you know when you do your modulation by a third with the ostinato pattern? They, right. they, they're not going to say that. Right, because they don't but, know that. <laughs> you know that sound at this? So, so my job is to talk their language. Yeah. I'm a filmmaker. I just happen to use music. I'm not that different from a production designer. Right. Or someone who makes the costume. I just happen to be in the music department. Yep. So for me, anybody who wants to get into film music should also learn as much as you can as, as they can about film. Excellent. And uh, that's just going to make you a better collaborator. Yeah, that's great. Right, uh, we are just about out of time, but before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to any projects you're currently working on that are coming out, and uh, anywhere that our my listeners can find your find your music, find your work. Uh, you can you can follow me on social media. You can yeah. find me on Instagram. My account is mh underscore film composer. And you can find me uh, also on my website, uh, filmcomposer.ca. You can't miss it. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you all out there for listening. This has been another episode of Inside Animation.